we are recording. We are good. We are good to go. All right. Okay. Episode one. Episode one. We're doing it. Okay, so introducing ourselves. My name is Jaren. I'm Jennifer. And we are starting this podcast about raising adults. I have three children, so that's why it's raising adults times three. Okay, okay. Um, so what is our next parts we're going to do? So why we started the podcast? We... Well, Jaren came to me and asked if I'd like to start a podcast. And <laughs> I kind of had an idea that, yeah, that, that would be nice one day. And sure enough, one day is here. But I didn't know what we were going to talk about, so I asked him, well, what do you want to do this podcast about? And what I said was that I want to talk about our lives and how we can uh, help other people, you know, um, raise adults, as she says. As I have been saying, yes, for years. <laughs> and for, uh, well, I think it's not for you, uh, several years ago, I tried to do a blog, as they were so popular, and especially popular for stay-at-home moms, um, and I wrote a couple things, but it never got much attention, and yeah, I just kind of let it go and let it fall, fall off, but I still always had ideas and wrote things down and started Facebook uh, page for it, and so it seemed like if we could just pick up where I left off and keep going and talk about the past stuff and things that we've learned and yeah, where we can help somebody out. So our uh, main audience is single parents, mostly because when you're a single parent, you make all the rules. You get to make all the decisions. It goes your way pretty nice. Dual parents, by all means. You, you raise children together, it's a good way to go, but you do have to be on the same page about how you want to raise these kids, otherwise it falls apart. But the bottom line needs to be that you believe that your children should know the ways of the world and not be shielded from it. And that they don't need to wait until they're 17 and 18 to prepare to leave your house and your supervision. That all the things that can be taught to help them be successful after moving out of your house can be learned their entire time living with you. Starting from, well, obviously not three weeks after they're born, but you know, months after they come into the world. Yeah, and I so can edit it. Let me. Alright, so kind of the chicken before the egg. You've uh, got a date. you got to find somebody first to have a child with. And as much as some people sit there and be like, well, I didn't know. I wasn't expecting. It wasn't my purpose to get pregnant. And then, of course, there are the others who, oh, yeah, I totally knew. It was my plan. We planned it. Either way, you're having a kid. Either way, you have to raise that kid. And yes, there are all those scenarios and situations where people don't, but 
for the sake of this podcast, we're just going to talk about those that are raising their children from the time that they are born. Uh, it's really helpful if you have the chance before getting pregnant to know whether or not the person that you are about to have sex with has an idea of what they want to have their children do. And almost everybody does. You grow up and you see the world around you and the people in your lives and you start to take note of what it is they do and you build your core values based off of their actions and your reaction to their actions. If you like something, you're willing to repeat it. If you don't like something, you work really hard not to. Sometimes that actually backfires and the things that you don't like end up being the thing that happens the most. But that's another topic for another day. Either way, you start to learn what it is that you want and how you want to raise your kids based off of the people that are around you or the shows that you watch or the things that you've read. So it is good to have a full idea and it's hard to when you don't have those kids right in front of you and you're not going through the situations. You're not, you're not enrolling anybody into a kindergarten as soon as you read your pregnancy test. Well, okay, maybe on the East Coast you are, but it is, it is a different kind of thought of what it is I'm going to do, what it is I want to do, and what it is I end up doing. Yeah. So what were you going to be like your thir- first thoughts on raising your first child? about having more than one child by the same person because that's not something that was a part of my life. Yeah. So it actually wasn't one of the ideas of like, oh, I would just have this one kid and I would do all these things with one kid. Like that actually never occurred to me. It was having more than one child. So then it was like, what would they do together? And how would they be together? And, you know, the, the relationship that they would build, that was actually more of my first thought than, you know, what I would do as, like, I don't know, logical things of, well, am I going to make sure that they speak Spanish? Am I going to make sure that they, you know, learn to read before this, that, and the other? Like, those weren't things that I thought about until everything had already been going and started and certain opportunities kind of presented itself over time and it was like oh okay I suppose I should start doing this because you know I'm reading that this is a good thing to help your child to include things like playing music to the belly and so on and so forth yeah you know that whole idea of like if you do that you you come up with a genius you're like oh okay that sounds good I want a smart kid so your parents, how were your parents, um, how were they, like, moving along and being like, how am I going to raise my daughter? Did they ever talk to you about that? Like, what they were thinking um, in the my beginning? My mom talked about a lot of different things here and there. So she didn't want to force religion on me. Um, she grew up 
LDS or Mormon, and that has a lot of responsibility and a lot of commitment, and it goes very heavily um, on you and telling you, you know, move out of your parents' house and start making your own decisions. And it really is, you kind of either go one way or the other. Rarely are they ever half in, half out. So she, she kind of stepped out once she moved out of her parents' house and went to school. And she didn't keep up with uh, that religion. Um, she didn't keep up with any religion. Uh, but on the other side, my dad, who also wasn't fully religious, um, his dad, though, and even my grandma on my mom's side, they were. So each of them had taken me to church, or my dad had taken me to church with my grandpa. So it wasn't one of those things that I'd never been or I wasn't exposed to it. Um, it just wasn't like a daily thing, and it wasn't to where, you know, we had to do certain things like pray before every meal or, you know, do prayers before bed, those kind of things. So it wasn't strong in my life or a main topic or anything else like that, but my mom did say she wanted it to be that I didn't feel pressured or overwhelmed by religion and that, you know, because my dad's religion and my mom's religion were so different that I would be able to choose which one I felt the most comfortable and most related to, which I did, which was more of a Southern Baptist Christian, which was more my dad's than my grandpa's. So why don't we, <clears throat> why don't we stick with that? Uh, I, I was kind of going with it. I Like in the first? In the beginning, yes. When we first went to church and stuff? Right. And I went to church when I was pregnant with okay. you and your brother and even sister. Um, we stopped, and though. I did. I took you guys to church. And this happened to be when your dad and I weren't living in the same house because he was traveling so much for work. And so, yeah, I was able to go to church often, and I didn't go very often when your dad was home because of how much time he spent away and because he did not enjoy going to church, and he is not so much a fan of organized religion and, and such. organized um but it wasn't his thing and so yeah. it quickly became less of a priority to me for me and and then it got to be a little bit harder as we continued to move and finding church homes as they call it was was more difficult and so uh yeah we didn't go as often and there was actually this whole thing of i felt self-conscious about being the uh, the woman who walks in looking like a white girl into a black church and not being able to be like, no, 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 I promise I'm black 
and I'm not trying to, you know, pull the wool over anybody's eyes, like that one chick who tried to identify as black. Um, you know, it just made me nervous. Like I didn't want people to question my being biracial. So you wanted it to be more known than just like I did. guessing. And when I was in Utah, where we grew, where I grew up, well, partly where I grew up, and I'd go with my dad. You know, they could see, and it would be that whole thing of like he would introduce me as his daughter. Yeah. You know, and, and my cousins could end up being there, and it would be, oh yeah, this is my cousin. So you know, it was never one of those things of I had to vouch for me; they would vouch for me. And when we started to move. I didn't have that. Did you, did you have that like type of fear of well, for us, for me, like? Um, not so much. I mean, it was one of those things of you won't be taken as you know one full race because you're not, and so it was like that's pretty easy to be accepted for your generation. For my generation, it was still kind of a, oh, you're a mixed girl. Oh, okay. But then it was also, oh, you're a light-skinned mixed girl. So it was even harder. It was. It was very difficult yeah. for people. They would, they'd see me as something different, or they would question what it was that I had going on. Being treated different? Oh, I was, I was totally <laughs> treated different, especially in middle school. It was one of those things of I don't think I realized I I wasn't as black as I thought I was until I made it to middle school and people started questioning you know why I look the way I look why my lips were the way it was my nose all these features that were predominantly well I guess they're not predominantly but you know black features as people would call them you know, I'm a very light-skinned girl with loose curls. Hmm. I kind of want to talk about the, uh, like, the black culture. Like, did you want us to be, you know, familiar with being 100%, black? 100%, yes, I did. It is, it is a big deal to me. Uh, but it's also a big deal to me that you understand each part of your backgrounds so you know I'm half black half white and yeah I want you to understand and know the the easy way of culture um, for white people it's you know it's everywhere so it's not hard to get uh, and then the black culture which you know can be a struggle because it's been a struggle for black people alone to try and get it so um, but then yeah you being Mexican as well that was also a very big deal. I didn't want it to be that you didn't understand all three of them and that you knew that you were all three of them and you could be proud of being all three of them. So was, was there any, like, um, things that you couldn't talk about with your dad? Uh, for the most part, I don't feel like there was much that I couldn't talk about about with him um, sometimes it would be that I was nervous of like you know how he would react 
Like you'd be disappointed. That yeah, kind of going stuff. to school, being like, oh, people are making fun of you because you're mixed, having like, jokes or something like right, that. Right, right, and so I don't think that I I told him that much so early, or it, when it was happening, um, but I started skipping school because I was being bullied and there was this one girl who slapped me across my face one day and she pretty much said just because she didn't like the look of me and so after that I just kind of didn't really want to go to school and didn't feel safe and then more people started to say how much they didn't like me for whatever reasons and make up as many stupid rumors as they could I mean these one this one time these two girls walked up to me and asked if it was true that I wanted black people to go back to being slaves and I was like Whoa. that's hilarious okay. why would I want my dad to be a slave and they were like what your, your dad I'm like yeah my dad's black so oh I didn't know that yeah so that rumor is probably not true then huh it was just stupid things like that but you know that stuff happens in middle school where people just go ahead and take on information and don't really care to verify it but technically these girls did so good on them uh, but yeah I was scared to go to school and at some point it got to where I had nowhere to go and nowhere to be and the weather wasn't good and so I had to go home and just be like alright I gotta tell you the truth I'm, I'm having these problems and my mom didn't really know what to do and she called my dad um, trying to figure it out and uh, he said that he once I told him the name of the girl that he at least knew the family of her and was gonna talk know, to handle him. it talk to him yeah, I guess. and for the most part I didn't really have a problem with her again but she didn't really stay in school much longer so I don't really know what happened with her but I didn't have a problem with her as much well having like all those memories of um I guess being bullied and whatnot did you for me ever think about that like yeah what's gonna happen I was did you ever think nervous. that I was gonna be more maybe it would be like I'm like you I have the same experiences as you you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do so well I'm not gonna like it did you ever, like, get that feeling? Not, not so much that you wouldn't like anything. I was just more nervous about the difficulties of, yeah, kids being rude or mean or not wanting to understand something. Yeah, because you have no idea if they, like, ever change. Like, if right. you were bullied in school, you, you don't know if they had a kid and they were teaching them their kids to, you know, not watch what they're going to say, what they're going to do to people, how... Anything that they can say can hurt someone's feelings. Right. I mean, luckily, there was this whole movement of, you know, anti-bullying within school and, That's true. and all that other stuff. So it died down a whole lot more than, you know, the 80s and, and 90s. So that's good. But it also came down to the time that you were in middle school that uh, certain people were a part of government started talking
talking about Mexicans being bad and being rapists and being all these other horrible things and that they needed to be what taken back that? to Mexico and all this other stuff. And so uh, it, a lot of it started in 2015. Um, but Man. yeah. It was by 2016 that, you know, certain kids thought that that was something that they could say. And it was a repeat of something that was said, you know, 20 years earlier. I mean, middle school for me, I guess, you know, you always had the kids who had racist jokes, wanted to talk about race. If they weren't very different and didn't have different backgrounds of culture, you know, with... You know, in their household, they would really try and, like, chip in. Because, like, all the time, uh, jokes about me being black, Mexican, all the stereotypes. Heard every single one of them. But, like, I don't think I ever had anyone who was, like, genuinely trying to bully me with those. So I didn't I didn't get the, the experience of what you had of, like, someone Actually slapping having, me across yeah. the face. Like, having that's the kinda, actual fear. It's kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what else, like, on how bad it could have been, but it, it wasn't bad, but it was still something that I had to deal with because it was, it's new, it, and it's also new because it's, it's my generation now, because mo- most of them were wanting to, honestly, be like me. I'm not trying to say it as in like a, you know, I'm all good and all that, right, and I'm a perfect person, but. No, it was, it was because I'm different. Because well, I think it was also because you seemed like you were having a good time. Yeah. Cause, so it was like, yeah, let's go do what Jared's you know, doing. It seems like it's fun. Having a military family, moving around a lot, you know, always being pushed out to new people, new cultures, and different things just my entire life, it, it didn't really seem that like, uh, like I was just in one place like a lot of people. They always stay in one place. They always have the same friends from, like, kindergarten to, like, high school. So they're kind of in one group, and they don't really want to adventure out. But then when they see that it's okay to go and, you know, talk to new people, see what they're like, see if they're, you know, fun to be around, then they'll like it. But until they try it, it's more of just their opinions are just holding them back. Right. And I, I was actually an outsider coming into that school at the time too like I didn't go to school with all the other kids because my parents were divorced and my mother moved out of state and my father lived you know where I was born in Utah and so it really was that these kids didn't know me and so I was an easy target as well as they could make up anything they wanted to because they didn't have information on me and so yeah, it was it was really easy to go ahead and say those things. But the funny thing is, is that there was a lot of those people that I somehow ended up talking with. And, you know, be it that it was another person that got us to talk and kind of mediated it, things, um, that they became friends with me and they were nice to me and, and didn't have any problems after and so things changed and it, it got better and people did get to know me and high school was definitely a lot better than middle school. Man. 
I mean, what else, what else about middle school? What, what are the things actually like? Oh, I would like? know. The middle school has to be a whole <laughs> okay podcast on its own because yeah, that's pretty extreme. Middle school. Uh, so I guess on the back back on the beginning of like talking about coming in, becoming a parent, what what their uh, focus is on for uh, how they wanted me to be raised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the things. My mom didn't want me to be sheltered um, in ways that some of my cousins would be, um, and that often like sheltered in how. Uh, watching like R-rated movies, <laughs> she she didn't feel like it was worth it to hide those things from me or try and tell me that they didn't exist when they do, and it wasn't one of those things of if I I don't know I think she might have believed if I try and hide it then it will be all the more reason for you to try to seek it out. Yeah, because you're a kid, and you want to go adventure out. You want to see new things. You're, you're new. Right, and even that whole thing of, like, you know, if a kid is told it's hot, don't touch it, they still want to know for themselves that it's really hot, and it's really going to yeah, be something Yeah, I, I believe, though, that, like, I'll, I'll still trust you, even now. Like, you'll say something, I still trust you with it, but sometimes, I don't know, you just got to be spontaneous and try and figure out right what it's like and realistically there are plenty of times that you can do something and the worst case scenario doesn't happen yeah but your parents are often telling you about the worst thing that could happen first and then the least can all come in later but it's like well i don't want you to do that because you could die yeah <laughs> so everything is well you could die so please don't do those things but realistically, it's all that whole deal of I want to shield you from being hurt. It's always that. I think that for my dad, um, being around family was a really big deal. Every time that I did come and visit him, we would usually stop and see either my aunt or my grandmother or my cousins. like. It was almost the first stop from the airport of go see another family member or if it wasn't that day it would be you know a few days later and just to make sure that I could see them and they could see me and um, there were a lot of different gatherings and get-togethers that happened happened all the time and they were fun and they yeah they were a normal part of my life so I think that was probably a big on his list um, but as far as that I mean he didn't he didn't say well this is something that I need you to know or this is what I really want you to know about so on and so forth when I was really young I moved in with him um, and my stepmom and stepbrother when I was in eighth grade and that's when I really got to spend more time with him and get to know him and, and, and such. And so he did teach me how to change tire. And although I probably wouldn't do a fantastic job, but um, I, I 
helped change brakes on a car. You know, I had to learn how to check and change my oil. So those things there was definitely kind of a, a, a great dad thing to do. You know, it wasn't that, oh, I, I'm a girl, so I can't have those things done. It was like, no, it's, this is this is life. This is how you take care of your car. You should know these things. And so that's definitely what he helped me with. And I always knew that if I had a problem with my vehicle, I could call my dad. You know, and it got to be where, yes, if I'm having a, a problem with an engine, I feel really comfortable, you know, calling him. And then as I got older, it got to be that, okay, I can actually trust him with a lot of emotional stuff and I can talk to him about personal things and, you know, relationships and, and all these other stuff. So, so it was a good starting of a good relationship. It really was. It was it was tough because I was going through a lot at that time. Yeah. And I was of course you can't tell him everything. Teenager. But still. But. You yeah. at least had someone to talk to. We, we made it through. Ah. So is, is that what you place. got from him? You wanted to be kind of close to me? Uh, you are close. Yes, I, I agree. Um, there was There's a part of that. I believe that I was actually quite close with my mom as well. Um, but mine and hers came about a totally different way. Um, my... my preteen teenage years the early part of it there was there was a lot going on and um, it, it just kind of was one of those things of everything piled up and it just kind of kept one thing after another and nobody really had a chance to breathe and regroup and feel like okay this is now the new course and I feel really good about it. Yeah. So, you know, she ended up leaving Utah and moving back up to Washington State and I stayed with my dad and I was already 13 years old and it was the first time that I was living with my dad since I was three. So that's a huge difference, you know, in, in time and, you know, a lot of the things that I was raised to know and to do and my habits and all those other things had Completely already been different. had already been started had already been formed and so to show up in somebody's house and have those things that you do and then people not be used to it or it not be their way causes friction and so there was a lot of friction especially between me and my stepmom and then of course caused friction between my dad and my stepmom and me and my dad and my stepmom and and even my stepbrother, and so it was It was hard to navigate through that and to see things as that we all care about each other, yeah. you know? Because it was like nobody could communicate really well their feelings, emotions, thoughts. Well, I mean, I mean with that of, you know, having to deal with all that stuff, did you want to make sure that you had someone who was going to stay with you long term for, you know, when having a child, talking about, you know, you need to be set, you need to be ready, think about all the things that can happen, make sure you have the right person who's going to be there and not have it to where it was your situation where right. you had to move around, had all these different things happen, and then 
you know, it's, it's kind of difficult. I, I definitely had an idea of what kind of a partner I wanted to have. And, and I guess this is actually another thing that my dad did help me with is that he said, okay, well, what is it that you want to have and what is it that you want to do? And, you know, tell me some of the standards that you're going to have. And I was like, oh, okay, I could do that. And I wasn't really thinking big picture because, you know, it is hard to do when you're 18 and 19 years old. You don't really know how long something's going to last. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, yeah, I want a guy who has lived on his own because I moved out when I was 18 and had a roommate but didn't live with my parents. And, and so I wanted to make sure that there was a guy who I was going to be with who had also done that so they could understand what it's like to not live with their parents who takes care of everything. You know, that's, that's important to me. Um, and then just, you know, the things that we'd be able to have in common. Um, and for the most part, that's, that's what I found. The thing that drove me to be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Drawn to him? Or drawn to the idea? No, it was more, I wanted to find a way to stay with the person that I was going to marry and have children with and make our relationship work. As I said before, have, you know, more than one child with the same person, you know, growing up where I did having multiple baby mamas, baby daddies was very popular. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be a part of that. As well as I didn't want to have a step parent for my kids. And I didn't want to have to be a step parent for anybody else's kids. And so that being one of my core values drove me to work at my marriage um, by any necessary and whatever it took and and that's exactly what I did so when I first met your dad it wasn't this idea of like oh I'm gonna be moving around I didn't really think that was how it was gonna go because uh, he was only in the reserves for the military and so when he started taking actual active duty orders it was because we were going to have you and you know really start a family and and so he did that because he felt that it was the best way to continue making money good money be taken care of take care of his family and still kind of have opportunities which we did we had an opportunity to move out of the state which i did not have a problem with i you felt the need to move i i was okay with moving out of utah you know, there was a big part of me that wanted to do it before I even met your dad, and I attempted it, and it didn't quite work out. Um, and so, yeah, I had no problem leaving, and I was happy about doing so. Um, it was difficult that we had to do it 
while I was, you know, pregnant with another child and had a one and a half year old. Um, I guess you weren't even, yeah, you were one and a half by the time your brother was born. Um, and, but I was working, so I was able to transfer jobs and your dad was able to work and it was hard though because our schedules were so off. So, you know, we had to make do with the way that things were going. And at no point did I ever think that's how it was going to go. So there was a lot of stuff that happened that I, I, I couldn't have even fathomed when I first got with him and, you know, dated him and spoke with him about anything. And realistically, that's how a lot of life goes, especially if you don't make any plans and you just kind of let things happen to you. But it... It felt good as we were, you know, going through um, the times that we could venture out to new places and see new things and experience a life that was different than what we grew up with and share that with our kids. Yeah. So that was that was the number one benefit of doing it. So kind of like the. Um... I guess the end result, the whole entire topic of what you really wanted for, you know, me and the rest of your kids was having good foundations on, you know, having a stable relationship, stable, you know, while being able to take care of you uh, and us, so pretty much a whole family, and then I guess... Being able to what was still still be connected and whatnot. To other family members? Yeah. Yeah. To be connected to ourselves, family members, culture, life. Just kind of immersed in all the things that go on in so the world. To just not, not excluding ourselves from right. you know, everything. Yeah. Letting us still be who we need to be. Still giving us an opportunity of, you know, not being sheltered, not being, you know, somewhat just not knowing who who my, you know, other family members are. Yeah. And it, it was definitely a thing of, you know, you need to look beyond, you know, the street that you live on. Yeah. And the city that you live in and the state that you live in and even the country that you live in. There is an entire world out there for you to explore and it's worth it to do so. And so, if you can set your life up to take advantage of those throughout the years, it's in your best interest to do so. And to expose your kids to that and get them comfortable with it is also a benefit. It will, it will never be one of those things of, oh, that was the worst thing I ever did, you know. No, that's not ever going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, if there's a lot of things that, you know, as, as a parent, you, you hope and you want, and they're often future, like what you want your kid to end up being, you know, all the things that happen from conception to some people it's graduating college or, you know, finishing a vocational school, but usually it's after they have moved out of your house you don't really get too worried about. There's this whole idea of, well, 
I'll let him decide. We'll see where their personality goes. We'll, we'll just go with this, that, and the other. We'll let them try these things. Maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll like that. And then there's also the whole, well, this is the kind of family that we are. We like to ski or, you know, we enjoy going to um, the museum. You know, there are different things that people have going in their life and they just take their kids right along. and Which is good. It is. It is. It's definitely good. And there's plenty of times that, you know, what my likes are end up being your likes. But then there's plenty of times that you don't like what I like. Yeah. I mean, starting that out is like just still keeping with who you are and not trying to change for anyone else. Right. Because, I mean, you know, to include getting us into skiing, like... That just creates a good relationship for us, and then also an activity we could have done all together. Right. We get to go skiing. We both like it. And there's plenty of places that you can go to ski, so that's also another way to see other places and have something to do when you yeah. go and visit. So, it yeah, there's definitely those things. And it is one of those beliefs for me is that you shouldn't limit yourself to just doing what your kids do. You know, like if you're just running around taking your kids to their activities and they no longer do anything other than that and they're not doing anything that you want to do or they're not doing something that another person in the family wants to do. Yeah. Like you're you're kind of taking away from... Pretty much that whole entire thing you already started. Like, I guess, taking me rock climbing as a young kid. But then, as I get older, you know, it's not that I don't like rock climbing. I'm a child. Sometimes I'll have attitude, sometimes I won't. Mm. But no matter what, if you start to not, you know, take me and not want to be around, I guess, that part of It gives you a bad activity. vibe. Yeah, it does. It does. It, does. it doesn't feel good, you know. As a kid, you're like, oh, well, why don't you take me anymore? Is it because, because of me? Is it because we can't do it? You know... You don't really want to tell all your kids that uh, we can't afford this, we can't do this, but it's good to actually tell them the truth because either they're going to start thinking their own ways and they're always going to believe that because that's the only opinion they have. They right. don't They, they don't know no anything else yeah. because they don't know what to go off of. They just see you not taking them. Right, right. And yeah, that's definitely hard. And it is a big deal to talk with your kids when you're going to do something as well as when you're not going to do something. So when it gets to the point where they can understand that, all right, we're going to move and we're no longer going to see grandma and grandpa every weekend, you know, it's that whole deal of like, well, why not? Yeah, it's not not what we're trying to say, like, you have to tell them, like, yeah, I can't afford this, so you're not going, but... It's more of just, hey, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's going to be okay. We're all going to be together. Kind of what you were always telling us when we were moving. And we didn't have a problem with. We were still, you know, it's, having, it's like an adventure. We're going on an adventure. New place, new things to see, new people to meet. It wasn't bad. But, I mean, being young, it's, it's more like you, I, I kind of just adapted to it. Yeah. It wasn't something, you know. It started. It wasn't something that was very hard for me to grasp. Right, and it's 
it's a, it's still a benefit though. Like you have to uh, talk to your child so that they understand that it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, like we didn't have to move because all these bad things were happening. No, no, no. We moved because this was a good thing and we can have fun and we can enjoy it even when we're doing things here. One of the things that a lot of military families end up doing is they take their stuff and set it up as quickly as they can when they move into a place so that there's a familiarity that takes place and your kids can go ahead and be like, okay, yes, we may have moved houses, but all of our stuff is here. You know, so it helps you kind of realize that things may be different, but things Instead can be of the like, same. Like the home isn't really the home. We are the home. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And same thing goes for the adventures that you go on that are, you know, activity-based, that are your, like, soccer teams and stuff. You end up having friends that play soccer with you, and if you have to leave and move, then you also find another soccer team to play on. And before you know it, you're friends with them too. And now you've just expanded your friend list. And that's another benefit from... Better opportunities. Better opportunities. Personalities that you get to experience. It just adds to your personality and your experience in life. Yeah, so wrapping it up. So our good final thoughts on, I guess, the first introduction of you know a good idea of what you're gonna do you know before you have your kid or try and get like a a good mentality good goals good things to think about and what you want to do and how you want to parent your your kid right and for the younger years not just the older ones yeah they're oh i hope that they do this i hope they go to this school or this college or they they have this much money or blah 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 like no it really does Focusing on difference. the big beginnings, exactly. starting it out well, exactly. building good foundations. As I, as I kind of joked about before, that you know people do end up um, registering their kids for kindergarten once they get pregnant in certain areas of the country. But they're thinking about, okay, well, if we start with this foundation, we can go ahead and build upon it from there, yeah. which is definitely good, and the education is a number one priority for setting the foundation um, but then there's also love and fun that you know how are you going to love them how are you gonna have fun with them so you got to think about those things and if you find that you're falling away from what you attended you got to figure out a way to get back to what your goals were yeah because if you get too far off you start to lose your way and then your kids start to lose their way too yeah. all right thanks so much for joining us this is the last bit for today uh, feel free to check us out on all the social media platforms Thank you so much. You guys have a good night.